As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey everyone, welcome back for another Sleeping With The Numbers podcast. Uh, we're going to be going through the model episodes, our bets, models bets, and uh, talk about a little bit of news here in the league. Uh, good, bad, mostly bad. It's mostly bad. Um, but to, to kick it off, question of the day, Odell Beckham Jr., we talked about him last week. Uh, not very happy with the Cleveland Browns. Daddy had to get involved and put up a poorly made video. It, it was funny to watch, but poorly made. And so they're like, yep, he won't be with the team rest of the season, but we're not going to release him because, Pat, you and I talked about it. He was too expensive to release at his current uh, contract price. So they made a deal, basically cut in half what they were going to owe him, meaning when he hit the waivers, uh, whoever picked him up off of waivers was going to owe seven and a half million, which, again, was going to be half. And I, you know, I, I looked into it to see who could really afford him. And I, I tweeted it out, but to just kind of rehash who those teams were that could have taken him off waivers, uh, the teams that could afford him, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Denver, Carolina, Seattle, Chargers, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Washington, Cleveland, That of course they can't take him back, uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and Tennessee. And then kind of from there, you know, we're like, okay, who would actually – want him saints have already made offers for him and then pat you brought up new england because that's exactly what they do um last week when i did post that uh the favorite was the las vegas raiders and i i just completely disagreed with that they were the favorite at plus 200 and i understand why people would think that because obviously they just lost henry ruggs they need a wide receiver i didn't say the las vegas could afford him so obviously they could not claim him off waivers, which meant New Orleans was going to, in my mind, be the favorite. So I made a couple bets here. So I bet New Orleans at plus 300 to be his next team. I also bet New England at plus 450 to be his next team. So uh, as of today, he did clear waivers. The teams he's in talk with, uh, Kansas City, Green Bay, New Orleans, and then the Packers. Uh, obviously, that's not the only teams that could negotiate with him. But where do you think he ends up, Pat? I think of the list that you just gave me. I think New Orleans makes the most sense in terms of a team that we can't name any of their wide receivers. Yeah. So Odell Beckham would be a great fit in terms of what is a wide receiver who plays for the Saints, not named Michael Thomas. Outside yeah. of that, Kansas City probably needs him the most because their offense sucks. But I don't know if that's going to make a difference with him being on the team because they also have... And to me, not that Josh Gordon and Odell Beckham are the same player, but do I want to add another over 30 wide receiver who probably isn't ready to join the team yet because Josh Gordon obviously was suspended, but Odell Beckham, he's he played in a different system. So like I, I don't see him joining the Chiefs as a fully beneficial move at this point in time. So that leaves the Packers, which I don't know why they would take him, because is he really gonna start over Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard? Probably not at this point in time. So that does leave the Raiders, and I don't want it to be the Raiders, but I, I think that the Raiders are dumb enough to do it. I think if I'm betting, I'm going to pick the Raiders, but you mentioned the Titans earlier, 
And I think if it, if I'm the Titans, I'm really looking at this because you have AJ Brown, who's been off and off injury, and Julio Jones is always hurt. They need offensive firepower. I think he would make the most sense to go to New Orleans or Tennessee, but it's probably going to be the Raiders. Yeah, I, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, that's he seems to want to go to the Packers, which. Like you said, why the hell would they ever want him? Not only just because who does he play over? Um, you know, maybe he ends up as the the two or three on that team. But do they really want more drama on that team? They're already dealing with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it, it just does not seem like the right move to bring to that team because everyone knows if Odell's on your team. So is drama. And I, I just do not think they want that. And I think uh, a way they kind of said that they did make him an offer. They offered him the veteran minimum salary for someone who has played as long as he has. So let me let me just take a look real quick at the CBA um, to see what that actually is. Uh, so Odell. So Odell, who has seven accrued seasons, the league minimum allowed, which is what Green Bay offered him, is one around one point one million dollars. And uh, knowing how big headed Odell is, he's not going to accept that. So I, I still think my money is probably on. You know, I said New Orleans, if he was claimed off waivers, he was not claimed off of waivers. I think everyone knows that seven and a half is way too for him. But there's also talk that uh, good old Bill Belichick is very interested in Odell. And we know that he's just the type of player that they would pick up. So, again, I, I think New Orleans and New England are, are the teams I'm, I'm going to stick with. I I would hate to see him as a Kansas City Chief because I don't think it I honestly don't think it helps anyone. And I know it's not a fantasy episode, Pat, so maybe we talk about this a little in more depth next time. But fantasy wise, what team is the best for him? Oh, geez. I mean, we talked about New Orleans because there's nobody else there to compete with him. I think that's Mm -hmm. that has to be it, although it's to be seen what Trevor Simeon and or Taysom Hill do in terms of potential. It's going to be New England. Because although there are wide receivers that he has to compete with, they're not really doing anything. It's Damian Harris. I think if he goes to New England, that gives him that gives Mac another target, and he may not have as high of a ceiling in New England, but I think that's where he would get the most opportunity to get points, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Mac Jones is getting about thirty three pass attempts a game. The ball has to go somewhere. Uh, they trade away Sony Michelle, so that takes away one less target. Like you said, it's been all Damian Harris and uh, to a, I guess a lesser extent, Ramondre uh, Stevenson, who uh, they're both currently in the concussion protocol. So that leaves Jacoby Myers and then Nelson Aguilar, who they signed pretty quickly in the offseason last year. He he hasn't done much. So I, I think you're right. I think going to the Patriots may be the best spot for him. Um, helps out uh, a rookie quarterback when they have that that veteran presence. And the Patriots are a type of team that can kind of 
water down <laughs> some of this this drama. They're they're used to it. They've handled it forever. Um, it, it's just the type of team they are, and I think that fit makes a lot of sense. And I tried pulling up current odds for this on Bovada, and there currently aren't any. So I'm not exactly sure what that means. But, you know, I think we'll know by next week where Odell is going to be. But as far as this week goes, he can't play. So it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I can tell you what it means. It means we just broke a news story. So look, <laughs> right. at, look at it on Twitter. We were the first to report it. Odell to the Patriots calling it now. We could be announcers. And speaking of announcers, let's talk Monday Night Football a little bit. ESPN is awful. I I would much rather mute my TV and then put on like uh, the the Steelers radio broadcast from Pittsburgh than listen to them. But they are just absolutely terrible. They they're like, oh, maybe they'll go for two points here, you know, when it's a tie ball game. And I they their football knowledge seems to be lacking. And I didn't think it could get any worse uh than in jason witten but but it has when you have three talking heads that know nothing it's much worse does it make you miss john gruden at all on espn because (laughs) it it it, i don't know i mean we kind of knew him going to the raiders for a second time was going to be a failure now if he didn't talk about people with rubber lips then i think he'd still be the coach but I, I kind of miss him because he was like the prelude to Tony Romo. Like he was the the fun announcer, the one that everyone's like, I'm watching the game because I want to hear I want to hear what John Gruden's gonna say. So um rest in peace for him. He's not gonna ever be back on television. Yeah, definitely as as he shouldn't. Uh but you bring up Tony Romo, he's the only one I really like enjoy listening to. I was so happy when they brought him in for the Super Bowl. He's just his football IQ is off the charts. Um, you know, maybe he couldn't really get it done physically, but he obviously knows the game and can see things before they happen. And that's very impressive where I couldn't even tell you the names of the ESPN announcers, but they're something else. Uh, also want to bring up how the model did last week. Uh, it did poorly, Pat. <laughs> it did very poorly. But so I, I really felt like everyone did. Uh, in the sports betting world, in in the fantasy world, because of course, in fantasy football, there's going to be half the week league winning, half the league losing, but no one had a good game. It felt like, yeah, it was definitely the teams that we thought were going to dominate did not, and that happens. There's at least one team per week or every few weeks that that happens to, but it, for whatever reason, this week was a weird you know, black hole in terms of the fact that all the teams that were like, this is going to be an easy win didn't happen at all. Yeah, every single one of them. It was just a massive swing and a miss. So Dallas Cowboys, they lose. The Saints lose to Atlanta. The biggest one is probably the Bills losing to Jacksonville in a touchdownless game. It was just embarrassing to watch. Uh, Cincinnati lost to Cleveland. Pat, I, I don't think that surprised either of us, uh, Pat. I think both of us were kind of on Cleveland a bit more. Yeah, I, I thought in terms of the game, I thought Cincinnati was going to win because I thought that they were the hotter two teams, but I'm not shocked that they got their butt smacked. And then who else lost? So Green Bay loses. Their, that team is nothing without Aaron Rodgers, which is sad to say. I think Jordan Love was 
I I I would imagine most people agree with this, but a wasted pick. Um, he did not look good. But on the other side of the ball, Kansas City also did not look good. I don't know if they just forgot how to play football or what happened with them. Some say they're regressing back to the mean, but man, that's a long way to fall. Uh, the other team that looked actually really good without their quarterback and what I think is a great signal for an overall great team, Cardinals without Carolina taking it to their division rival, the 49ers. Uh just a really good performance without Kyler and DeAndre Pat. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, again, toot my own horn. I've done this every time <laughs> we've brought up how the Cardinals have defied all odds, but I'm going to pretend like I, I said this because I'm pretty sure that I did, but I told everybody James Connor will eventually be a good fantasy football player. And lo and behold, 37 fantasy points, depending on what league you were in. So I don't yeah. necessarily think it's James Conner being good. I think the Cardinals are probably one of the best balanced teams in football right now, and it allows for anybody to do well. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he should be the starter this week and maybe the next. I believe it was a ankle sprain for Chase Edmonds. Uh, you'll go through that on the injury report. But uh, something something to keep an eye on because we all know, and as Steelers fans, we know probably – more so than others, James Conner uh, doesn't stay healthy very long when he's the starter. So keep an eye on that. Eno Benjamin might be able to get some more work out of that, especially if Conner ends up going down. But another just kind of a shocking loss, I thought. Um, I kind of thought it'd be a close game, but I did not expect Tennessee to end up beating the Rams. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought that it would be competitive, but I, I felt that with the loss of Derrick Henry, not that the Titans were going to get like smacked, but I just felt that that was their competitive edge. And for some reason, that you know they pulled away. And I think what it's showing is, I think a lot of people love the Rams' defense, and I don't know why. They're good, but we always talk about how Aaron Donald has to be Defensive Player of the Year and how, oh gosh, they traded for Von Miller, who... When was the last time that Von Miller led the league in any statistical category? So to me, the Rams are high profile, and I think it's partially because the NFL wants people in Los Angeles to care about football, which they don't because they're just trying to get high and you know go to the beach. But in reality, I think the Rams are good, but I think they're a little overrated. Yeah, no, I I completely hear that. So. Why did I think Von Miller actually won Defensive Player of the Year? He never has. Because that's what ESPN wants you to think, because he wears cool glasses. That's true. That's true. That's why they put him in a bunch of commercials. They told him not to wear his glasses when he went to Los Angeles, because he can't be bigger than the team. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I. It, that's an interesting one. Uh, their defense, again, very, very hyped up. And uh, we talked about it last week, but the Green Bay defense has been very good, uh, just very under the radar. So I, I think it's kind of like built into our minds. Uh, when you hear the Rams, you're like, oh, fantastic defense. Or if you hear Baltimore, oh, fantastic defense. Steelers, Are you fantastic that defense. Or socially engineered by ESPN. Uh, Mickey Mouse has his way with anyone mm -hmm. he wants. Um, yes, take that out of context. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, I think that's a hundred percent true. So 
Cardinals only need one more win, Pat, and we we hit that over on their win total that we bet on at the in our very first episode. That makes me nervous. Now I feel like they're not going to do it. I feel like <laughs> Sam Darnold's going to not be hurt this week. He's going to come back and throw for 500 yards, and the Cardinals are never going to win a football game again. Uh, extremely, extremely possible because Kyler might also not be back. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, next matchup here, Tampa Bay coming back off the bye. Should be fresh to play uh, Washington, who is also coming off of their bye. Washington, the home team here, but doesn't really matter. They are uh, nine and a half point home underdogs. So Tampa Bay expected to beat them up pretty good here. Um, Taylor Heineke still <laughs> under center. The running back game here for Washington is really what scares me, Pat, because I so I have a team. I have both Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. I have no idea who to play. Uh, do I play both of them? Do I play just one? Technically, Gibson should be the starter, but McKissick has been doing more fantasy wise. I think that's the tough thing. I think at some point you have to realize that Antonio Gibson's not going to be the productive one. And that can always change because I think he has the higher potential of the two, but you got to ride the hot hand, especially if it's been this long in the season that Antonio Gibson's been a bum. Then looking into the passing game more, Logan Thomas is, uh, I believe they designated him to return off of IR. Uh, So when he comes back, does Ricky Seals Jones just kind of go back into irrelevance? I think it depends on how quickly they use him. I, I think we've, gotten not accustomed to but like we talk about people social engineering you know what our expectations are logan thomas for maybe two or three games is a really good tight end but outside of that he's he was always hurt and i mean what are we going to do in terms of assuming that he's going to come back and just take over the starter job like if you have a hot tight end and ricky seals jones and hot to his standards not hot to like the grand scheme of football i mean they're going to do double sets because think about it this way. Like, remember when the Steelers had Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron, and it was like, oh, Vance is back. Vance is back. But like, Vance fell off the face of the earth. Like, to me, it could be either one. It's going to depend on who Taylor Heineke wants to throw to and who's going to be the hot guy. I don't think T- Logan Thomas has any type of security in maintaining the number one spot. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, uh, have I don't even know. Have we seen him with Taylor Heineke? I, it's been it's been a while. I'm pretty sure they played a game or two together. I just don't. So he he went out week three. He didn't okay. get over fifty yards. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, this team as a whole, I think, is in trouble. Uh, their defense, I want to say, is the root cause. Yeah, we can blame it on. Fitzpatrick going down early, but their defense, who was hyped up again, oh, Chase Young, going to be the best defense ever. They drafted um, another linebacker, again, supposed to be a very, very good defense. They are bad. They are not a good defense whatsoever. You know, if we're looking at um, fantasy points allowed, holy shit, wow, they give up the most, number one. Fantasy points to the quarterback position. So fire up Tom Brady. They give up the 15th most fantasy points to the running back. So, you know, middle of them all there. The second most 
to the wide receiver position and the 11th most to the tight end position. So to me, that sounds like that's going to be a fantastic game for Tampa Bay because all they do is throw the ball. Uh, So you can expect me to target them um, for my DFS lineups pretty easily here. Uh, Talking about their passing game, likely no AB here again, Pat. Uh, he is out of the walking boot again and was at practice, but I think it's trending towards him not playing yet again. So flip a coin. Would you rather play Mike Evans or Chris Godwin this week? Chris Godwin. We are Penn State. Yeah, there we go. Fair enough. Uh, so there we go. And then somehow Leonard Fournette being the stud he was supposed to be when he was drafted. Uh, very, very well-rounded of a running back now somehow. He can catch passes. He can run it. Also, Bruce Arians just despises Ronald Jones for some reason. I I don't know why, but he really hates him, but refuses to trade him. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, However, the model is going to be taking Tampa Bay to win and Tampa Bay to cover. Pat, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm also going to be taking Tampa to win and cover. I agree. And just to go back to prove my point, because I feel like everyone should stop listening to ESPN and their social engineering agenda. How many 100-yard games did Logan Thomas have last season? Last season? Yes. Who the hell was the quarterback there? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. It's I'm magic, gonna... wasn't it? No. He no. came here this year. Would it have been, oh, geez, Alex Smith? Yes, yes, that's that's who it was. I'm, I'm going to say two. He had one game where he was 101 yards, so that counts, and one game okay. where he was 98. Every All other right. game, he was under 70 yards wow. and under 10 receptions. Yikes. So, <laughs> Logan Thomas is the best tight end in football. Prove me wrong. I guess we'll find out this week or the next, you know, uh, you know, spe- speaking of the best tight ends in the league, Pat Fryermuth, you know, we nailed that one, Pat. Episode one, we called him out. Yeah. Uh, somebody drafted them in their dynasty league team. And I'm not going to yeah, say who did. it was, but someone's <laughs> very happy about it. And I tried to trade him away for nothing at the beginning of the year because I thought the oh, Yinzer man. mob would take him. But nobody wanted it, and now it's too late. My yeah. tight ends in that team are Zach Ertz, Pat Fryermuth, Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz, oh, no. and Mark Andrews. I don't know who How to do start. You have so many. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a limit. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, that uh, that's fantastic. And I, you probably drafted him pretty late too, so he it might was be like a next solid to last pick. It might have been like 18th yeah. or 19th. Exactly. So. Yeah, good work. And speaking of the Steelers, <laughs> the Steelers are going to Detroit. Or I'm sorry, no, they're not. Detroit's coming to Pittsburgh uh, to, to play the Steelers at Heinz Field. Pittsburgh coming off a horrible, horrible win that was given to us by the refs there. Well, what's your take on that, Pat? R- referee, you, that was a bad usually the calls never go our way but every single call it did and i didn't like it i always thought cassius marsh kind of looked like that douchebag who was on the team and nobody understood why 
and this is probably the most famous he'll ever be. So good for him to mess it up. I, I don't know. It's a dumb call, but in reality, the Steelers still would have won, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think it would have made it a lot more difficult for the Steelers to win had that penalty not not happened. But I, I think what I saw is yet another example of the Steelers' defense crumbling in the end of the game. That's happened every single win we've had. It, it's Mike Tomlin football. I, I, I don't know what the issue is, but we play one half. One half of football every single game. I don't understand why we want to make these games so close. I don't know if someone's at Buffalo Wild Wings hitting that button to make it closer, but it is just I don't I don't know. It it's embarrassing because Chicago is not a good team. Justin Fields isn't a good quarterback. I it it's um it's embarrassing. Also, Ben looked absolutely terrible. He, it looked like he was hurt on every single play. Well, that's because he is hurt. If you'd listen to the injury report, you'd know this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is the whole injury report just 10 minutes talking about Ben? No, it's usually one minute talking about Ben and then nine minutes talking about Alex trying to figure out how to use the podcast thing. But <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That works. Um, <laughs> so Steelers... Oh, I'm curious. Okay, we are favored. Well, I had imagined we'd be favored. I didn't think it'd be by this much. So Steelers are eight and a half point home favorites. Pretty low over under a 42 and a half points. Uh, that gives an implied total of 25 and a half to the Steelers and 17 to Detroit. And that might be the most Detroit scored all year if they hit that. Uh, yikes. I. It's a, it's a tough one to, to talk about. Um, Detroit has been giving up the second most points to the running back. So not like you were ever going to sit Najee, but he should be a fantastic play here. Uh, wide receivers, Deontay looked, looked okay. I, it sounds like Chase Claypool's not playing this week. So I don't know what that means. More work for James Washington or does it just not matter? I don't think it matters. I think the Steelers' pass offense sucks, and I think Najee's probably going to have a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the only money I made on Monday Night Football was, was doing some prop bets. I did Najee for one over half of rush touchdown. He got that, like, first half of the first quarter, so that was good. And then I had Ben over one and a half passing touchdowns that worked and i also bet on ben throwing at least one interception somehow he didn't do that but usually he's good for an interception and he tried he tried his hardest it just didn't happen so the model is going to be taking the Steelers to win and cover oh okay um i am going to take the Steelers to win i don't think we'll Will be the first win for Detroit, but I'll I'll take Lions points. I think. Yeah, I'll take the Steelers to win, and I think I agree with you because the Steelers spreads are always traps. Yeah, I, anytime. What were we against Chicago? I think it was also like eight and a half or seven and a half. Uh, let me confirm. Looking at 
the game, we were seven point home favorites. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm honestly surprised it is that close um, in terms of the spread. But, you know, Steelers football, we'll see what happens. Buffalo Bills get another easy matchup, but who knows if it matters? They just lost to Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, but Bills are taking on the Jets. Uh, Jets are going to be the home team, and they are 13-point home underdogs, a 47-point over-under. I think it sounds like Mike White is going to be starting again. Um, You know, maybe he can bust out another win there. But it's hard to say that Josh Allen and the Bills don't just bounce back and stomp on the Jets' throat. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I felt like this game, and I I didn't watch the game because I thought to myself, this is going to be a blowout. Why would this matter? Um, Think about it from this perspective. So, like, the Bills lost to Pittsburgh. Kind of embarrassing in the grand scheme of things. They come back and go 35-0 on Miami. They have a close game with Washington, close as in 22 points, then 40 nothing. Every time they've had a loss, they've came back and slaughtered the bad team. So the Jets will lose by 30 points. So I'm going to take the Bills to win, the Bills to cover the spread. And I think Josh Allen's not been the best fancy quarterback this year in terms of passing, but fortunately his rush yards have fixed it. But I, I, I'm very confident that this... That was a one-time fluke for whatever reason because we've seen the Jaguars and we we saw that they were competitive, but not like that. I think the Bills just have a tendency when they can't run the ball and balance out their offense, they panic. Yeah, and and I think that's what separates uh, the bad teams from the good. If they're able to make those adjustments and come back the next week stronger, that that's what separates them from the rest. But So the Bills getting that loss, Bills getting some weird losses here um somehow the titans have the most wins in the league right now but i don't think we talk about them as a super bowl contender at all even though they've they have the most wins i i don't think they're a contender so to me the two best teams in the nfl right now i think it's still buffalo and arizona i think Tampa Bay has a say as well, but the loss against the Saints was very weird. But Buffalo also had a bad loss. So are are uh, are the Cardinals the best team in the NFL at the moment? I think when they're they're healthy, they are. I think if it was Cardinals Bills, I think it would be it would not be the game we think it's going to be. We I think we would assume Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. It's going to be a high scoring game. It's going to be crazy. I think it would be much closer than what people would think. And I think the edge that the Cardinals have is that their rush game is better than Buffalo's. And I think that's the only deciding factor. Yeah, because, I mean, if we compare position by position, who would you rather have, Kyler or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, let's not even say fantasy, just real-life quarterback. Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. I, I love Kyler, but I think I agree there. And then wide receivers, Hopkins or Diggs? I think Hopkins is the more athletic, better receiver when he's healthy. Yeah, I 
Hopkins is just so clutch. I think Diggs is consistent, but Hopkins makes some ridiculous plays that makes or breaks a game. So I, I think Arizona wins there on the wide receiver side. And then, like you just said, running back side, I, again, Edmonds and Edmonds and um, Connor and Eno aren't the best running backs, but as a core, you know, I think greater, greater sign Zach Moss than and Singletary. For sure. The model is going to be taking the Bills to win and Bills to cover. Pat, I'm going to be with you in the model here as well. Uh, put it all on Buffalo. All right, our next matchup, we have the New Orleans Saints going on to take, in, take on the uh, <laughs> the highest win total, Tennessee Titans. Titans are, I'm curious, Titans are three-point home favorites. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is okay. The Saints are just such a confusing team, which makes me not want to bet on this game whatsoever. Because they can either put up 35 points or they can put up five. You know, they're that weird of a team. But Tennessee, Tannehill's looking okay. Um, A.J. Brown, I think, is back in full force. He got 42% of the target share last week. 11 targets, uh, 79% of the air yards. He's, um, he's very talented. And I think Julio Jones only makes him better because he allows some of the defense to, to move away from him. But uh quarterback, given they're both healthy, Pat, you're you're Sean Payton. Do you want to start Simeon or Taysom? I think it, it doesn't matter. I mean, to me, I'm going to start Trevor Simeon because of the two. He's the more traditional quarterback. And then you just bring Taysom in when you need him. There doesn't have to be a guaranteed starter. This is like the plan that's going to happen now is what we thought would happen at the beginning of the year. That Jason or Jason, Jameis Winston would be the guy who's in there most of the time. And then Taysom would come in whenever he's ready. So I, I think that's the strategy moving forward. Yeah. Looking at, you know, Taysom's kind of known as the, uh, the runner of the quarterback position. He only rushed once last week. Two pass attempts, one rush, where Simeon never ran at all, but he passed the ball 41 times. So it's it's just so weird. I Again, I bring this up quite a bit anytime Taysom Hill is talked about. I have no idea why they paid him as much money as they did. It, it's the most absurd deal I, I've ever heard about. I He's not worth it. He's a gadget-type player. He's not a startable NFL quarterback, and... They're realizing that. Uh, so I I really don't get it. Yeah, they have a, a ton of room in cap space, but I I wouldn't be paying that to Taysom Hill. Model is going to be taking Tennessee to win, but New Orleans to cover. Uh, you can go first on this one. I mean, I don't like whenever teams are supposed to cover a three-point spread because that's so hard to do. I, I really think it's going to be Tennessee to win and to cover. I, I don't see the Saints coming in, especially since Alvin Kamara sat out of practice today with an injury, or so they mm-hmm. say. Yeah, and they uh, they actually worked out 
a few different free agent running backs. So maybe there is some worry there. I, uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'll take Tennessee to win and cover. Next matchup, we have Atlanta coming off of a win and Dallas coming off of a terrible loss. I, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I haven't looked at the over-under yet, but Dallas is an eight-and-a-half-point home. Uh, home? Yeah, home favorite at AT&T Stadium. Very high over-under of 55 points, giving an implied score of 31 and three-quarters to Dallas, 23-and-a-quarter to Atlanta. I... Again, this is another game I will gladly target for for DFS. Should be a lot of points scored on both sides of the ball, most of them probably by Cordero Patterson. Yeah, thank God. Um, People are starting to finally give him the credit he deserves. He's the greatest wide receiver, running back, utility player of all time. And I, I don't know if I agree with you about the high scoring thing. I think what I'm concerned about is... Is Dak fully healthy? Because what we saw last week did not show fully healthy Dak. Would they have been better starting Cooper Rush? Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe. I, I personally think Dallas's division is so crappy. You could have gave Dak an extra week, and it wouldn't have mattered in the grand scheme of things. Right. They may not have won the game, which they didn't. But I probably would have sat him until you're good to go, because Dallas has a legitimate opportunity to make the playoffs this year. And you don't mm-hmm. want to ruin that. Yeah, I, they're, I think they're basically locked in at the moment. Uh, basically locked in at the moment as the division winner. That division is just awful. They're the only, what to call it, competent team, I think, in that whole division. And looking at the probability at the moment, 95% chance the Cowboys make playoffs. Uh, yeah, Falcons also currently trending to make the playoffs as the final wild card. They're four and four. Uh, so let me read, let me read the teams that are just outside of the playoff picture right now for the NFC. And you tell me if you think they would make it in over the Falcons for the final wild card. All right. So Falcons or Carolina Panthers. Falcons. Okay. Uh, Falcons or Vikings? I think the Vikings are actually better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I actually saw some some graphic on Instagram. The Vikings have not lost a game by more than seven points. Isn't that wild? They've been super competitive. They almost beat, uh, what was it, Baltimore. Yeah, last week. If they can keep pace with Baltimore, I, I think it's just their defense it's yet again. Um, that that needs to be able to keep them in these games because their offense can definitely keep pace. Uh, Seattle. Uh, Russ is possibly coming back this week or next, uh, but uh, Seattle or the, or the Falcons for that last spot, they're three and five. I think the Falcons, until we see Russ come back and be a better, not better fit, but in, until he's healthy, I'm going to take Atlanta. Okay, and then I'm going to read two more teams here because the rest don't matter. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. No. Also, also three and five. And then, they don't have a running back. They have many running backs. They're just all injured. <laughs> and then the last one here, Philadelphia. 
No. They actually don't have a running back. Yeah. <laughs> yep, they actually do not. Yep. Uh yeah, that that's very interesting. That last wild card position in the NFC is going to be a a battle. And whoever plays them Wait a minute. Who would play them? Currently the Buccaneers would play the Falcons if the season ended today. And that is just a a whooping. <laughs> You're going to let yeah. Tom Brady give uh Matty Ice some Super Bowl flashbacks. Uh looking at the model, the model is going to take Dallas to win, Dallas to cover. I uh Eight and a half. I'm, I'll say Dallas wins, but I, I will take Atlanta to cover. I think eight and a half is a lot of points. Yeah, I could see that as well. I think I'm going to go with you. Dallas to win, Atlanta to cover. Next matchup here, Cleveland is coming off hot of a, off a big win. They scored like 41 points against Cincinnati. They're going to Gillette Stadium to take on the Patriots. Wow, okay. I, Pat, have you looked at the line? I have not. Who do you think's favored? I would say Cleveland. They're not. The Patriots yeah. are a point and a half home favorite. So that should tell you right away. I think both you and I would take that at least Cleveland spread. I think it depends if Nick Chubb plays. Yeah, th- yeah, that is a good point. Um, so he is vaccinated. Just needs two negative te- tests in a row by Sunday, and he can play. If not, I am starting Dearness Johnson. I know that um, New England has a, a pretty good defense, but the one weak spot that they have is at the running back position. They're allowing the 12th most points, whereas Cleveland is earning the most points at the running back position. I, their offensive line is just good enough to keep that going. Uh, I'm not saying Ernest Johnson is any special type of running back, but I think their, their, um, their scheme along with their offensive line, he's going to get some points. Uh, that might be a prop that I'd be willing to take is to Ernest to get a, a touchdown. So going to the model, the model will be taking Wow. Okay. So New England to win and cover. So that's an interesting one. So again, it sounds like you and I are going to take the exact opposite. Yeah, I think until if Nick Chubb plays, I'm going to take the opposite. If Nick Chubb doesn't play, I think it's going to be so Cleveland to win. But I think New England's going to make it really close. So Cleveland would cover as well since they're the underdog. It's true. Okay. So we're on the same page there. Model is not. So we're fighting. We're fighting the robots. It's like Terminator. That's what this is. Uh, did we talk? We talked Buffalo Jets already. Oh, yay! An AFC. What are they? South matchup. Jacksonville versus the Colts. Colts look good. I I don't like saying it, but they look good. Uh, if you just pay attention to the box score and not actually watch Carson Wentz uh, try to get out of the pocket, they're they're a very good team. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is incredible. Uh, best healthy running back at the moment with Derrick Henry down. Uh, Pittman looks like a wide receiver one. 
It's only his second year, right? Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of room to grow for him, and I think he's in a system that will allow him to flourish. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited about that. So Jacksonville beat Buffalo. Can they beat the, the Colts? I'm I'm just going to say no. I have no idea. <laughs> massive. This is the massive. game that I would never bet because my my gut instinct would be like, oh, the Colts, one hundred percent. There's no way Jacksonville does it twice in a row. But you know what's going to happen? <laughs> Nobody knows because this is a BS game. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I'm going to take Jacksonville to cover at this spread. How how big do you think it is? I already looked at it, but. Oh, okay, sorry. For the well, sake of conversation, is it in double digits? <laughs> it is. It is a ten and a half. Uh, oh Indiana. man, that's, a, that's astonishing. <laughs> that is that's a, that's a crazy spread that no one would ever think of. Uh, uh you know, I'll just say now, I'll, I'll take Colts to win, but Jacksonville to to cover here. Sorry. Yeah, and I think I'm going to take the Colts to win, but I'll take Jacksonville to cover as well. I I just I don't trust it. Fair enough. The model will also be taking the Colts to win. But it's also going to be taking, sorry, it's going to take Colts to win, but Colts to cover. So they think they can beat them by that 10 and a half. Uh, that, that is to be seen. Jacksonville, hopefully James Robinson is back because their run game looked awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Arnold is their wide receiver one. So, yeah. So it was a great trade. Yeah, yeah, that trade worked out very well for him. Uh, They wanted him, they got him, they're using him. I think it's just a nice uh, release outlet for for Trevor. And that kind of seems to be the case with a lot of uh, rookie quarterbacks. They they always seem to find the tight end because it's usually like a short to mid-length pass and they're they're big dudes. So that makes it a little... Life a little easier for Trevor because, you know, he has it so hard. Quarterback that's definitely better than Trevor Lawrence is Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert's going to be playing the Minnesota Vikings at home. Chargers are three-point home favorites. I that, whew, We just talked about Minnesota, Pat, where they've been able to keep pace all season. Uh, Chargers who I think we would both agree are the better team, but they've, they've dropped the ball a bit at times. So I, I'm curious what your thoughts are here. Yeah, I think the Chargers have kind of dropped the ball recently, but I, I think this is going to be another game that Minnesota is going to be close, but they're not going to pull it off. And the reason that I say that is I haven't seen enough from Dalvin Cook yet to make me think that he's the game changer that he was last year. Um, he's still recovering or something. Something's still off or he's still good, but he's not that dynamic running back we're used to seeing. And in terms of the Chargers, Austin Eckler should be good to go. Keenan Allen's starting to show back up. I mean, Mike Williams has kind of fallen off the face of the earth a little bit, but I, I think that the Chargers are the more balanced team. I think Justin Herbert's a little bit better of a quarterback. Eckler isn't as good as Dalvin Cook in terms of being a runner, but in terms of the grand scheme of fantasy football he's just as comparable because he can catch the ball out of the backfield yeah and their receiving core is just as good so to me i'm gonna go with the team that has better defense oh man 
Both of them have horrible rush defenses. That's not good. That's something to think about. If you have Dalvin Cook, maybe sir. And Rose, the Chargers were thirty second rush yards against. That's kind of wild. Um, but yeah, they're very comparable. Um, what is highly concerning is that the sacks category. So the Vikings are number two with twenty seven, and the Chargers only have fifteen. So it may not sound like it matters, but if you're in a team or if you're in a game where you're playing a team like the Vikings who can stay in the game, if you're not roughing up the quarterback, that makes it a lot harder for you to gain momentum on defense. So I think this game might be closer to what we think, but I'm I'm going to take the Chargers because I think overall they have the better talent on their roster. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, uh, man. That three point line is just weird, like like you talked about. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take Chargers to win and cover as well. I, I I think they're definitely the better passing team. Uh, the running back position, as in terms of pure running, Cook obviously takes the cake there. Um, and sadly, we do have to talk about him just because he's a football player. This is a football show. We got to bring it up. So uh, last year. There something definitely happened. We don't exactly know what, but some sort of domestic domestic abuse, whether Cook was the victim or the one abusing is kind of yet to be determined. Uh, it's uh, he said, she said at the moment. But the first report that came out was that Dalvin Cook was a victim of domestic violence. The report was that a woman broke into his home because she had his garage door opener. It sounds like he dated this woman, but she broke into his home, attacked Cook by macing him in the face. And I believe there were other house guests there as well that she also attacked. Not even a day later, another report comes out that Cook was actually the one uh, doing the abusing to the same woman who was said to... broke break into his house and lawsuits are being filed at the moment uh you know this is kind of just expected i'm not saying it's expected for cook i'm saying it it's expected for um high profile football players it it just happens it doesn't stop um but this was last year so it took this long for it to quote unquote surface i guarantee that the league knew about it forever no police reports were filed back then things are just kind of getting ugly now it's not going to impact cook this year i believe he will continue to play unless something really bad comes out about him uh but this seems like he'll play through the season and this will be handled you know in the off season with likely some court cases to follow anyways back to nicer things um at the moment the model has the Chargers to win, but Minnesota to cover. Next match up here, the best team in the league, the Arizona Cardinals, are going to be taking on the Carolina Panthers. Cardinals are, okay, 10 and a half point home favorites. I, you know, that it's a big spread, but I, I, think I like that here, especially if Kyler's back, especially if Hopkins is back. That's going to be great. And then not to mention on the other side of the ball, it looks like PJ Walker is going to get a start here over Sam Darnold. Darnold has a fractured scapula. 
which took them a while to find. He played last week, and it sounds like he really shouldn't have. Um, but PJ Walker is going to be starting. Seems like Christian McCaffrey's back. He got a decent amount of work. Um, 14 rush attempts, but the bigger story, as always, with uh, Christian McCaffrey is he got 17% of the targets, five targets. Um, it It's a tough one. I Even with Christian McCaffrey back, even with DJ Moore healthy, is PJ Walker really that big of a downgrade from Sam Darnold? In terms of potential, yes. In terms of this season right now, which is really bad for Sam Darnold, I'm going to say no. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, I don't think they, there's a a chance they win this game. Their defense is somehow pretty good. If we're looking here, they're in like the the lower third in terms of points allowed to every position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So pretty good on the defensive side. I just don't know how you stop the Arizona Cardinals because they can beat you everywhere. Uh, throwing the ball, running the ball. Their defense can take away the ball and uh, score. You know, they are just a very dynamic team. I'm taking the Cardinals to win and cover. I agree with you 100%. The model also agrees. Another matchup here. I, I This is a gross matchup. I, I'm not interested in this one at all, but Philadelphia is going to mile high, take on the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are three-point home favorites. Uh, sure. Noah Fant seems to be coming back this week. No more Albert Owuka Bonham, whatever the hell his name is. He didn't do anything last week. Uh, but that that's really kind of the only guy I want to talk about. Noah Fant's coming back. And Philadelphia allows the most points to the tight end position. Uh, Pat, I know you have experience with Noah Fant. What's your take? I think Noah Fant is a glass house. And I think that he's good. But we've seen right now that Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick get most of the passing work. And Teddy's good. But in terms of fantasy, none of the anybody receiving the ball in Denver is not going to explode. So... Until Denver gets a new quarterback, I wouldn't touch Noah. Yeah, that's fair enough. And then on for the running back, you know, Melvin Gordon had a, a pretty good game last week. Javante Williams also. They're splitting snaps uh, and rush attempts pretty evenly. So last week, Melvin Gordon rushed 21 times, Javante 17 times. In the passing game, however, it is all Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin got three targets. Javante got none. So, you know, I, I think their run game is also very good. And Philadelphia has given up the fourth most points to the running back position. But it's tough here, right? Because they're going to be splitting the carry so much. I don't know how you can comfortably start either one of them unless, you know, you kind of have to as like a... a I don't know, maybe a running back two or a, a flex position. Other side of the ball, they have no running backs worth noting. Someone's going to get a touchdown. Don't play the game of trying to figure out who it is unless it's DFS. Uh, Jalen Hurts likes to throw the ball to Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith. That's really all you need to know. 
He also runs the ball quite a bit. Uh, 10 rush attempts last week, 7 the week before, 13 the week before that. I uh, Denver is a tougher defense, but I, I think I think he does well here. Uh, with that said, I'm going to be different, Pat. I'm going to take Philadelphia to win and cover. I think that's fair, but I think in reality, well, now that I'm looking, 80% of the money for the money lines on the Broncos. So I'm going to fade the public, and I guess I'll join you. I was going to talk myself out of it, but now that I look at that, I, I, I agree with what you say. I, I think there's just too much confidence in the Broncos at the moment. Um, coming coming off a, a good win last week um, against who they play who they play they played Dallas Dallas yeah exactly so big win last week uh, too much hype there I, I think it's a closer matchup than what it what it's saying here and the model is going to be taking the Broncos to win and cover uh, just barely it only has the Broncos winning by four points another matchup here. Uh, so the big question, this is a difficult one because both sides, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. So Seattle's taking on Green Bay at the moment. Green Bay is three and a half point home favorites over under 49 and a half points. That that's a very tough one. If Jordan Love plays, I think I take Seattle here. But at the same time, Russell Wilson might not play. And it could be Gino. So this, uh, this could just get ugly. And at that point, it's like, okay, well, the auxiliary players, who do you have more confidence in? Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams or Alex Carden, Collins, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett? And I, I don't know what side of the fence I fall on there, Pat. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, this is a coin toss decision. I think for me, if I'm going to pick one, I'm just going to go with Jordan Love because I hope to God that he proves to himself that he was worth a draft pick. We kind of know Geno Smith is. We don't really know who Jordan Love is. He had one bad game. So I think I'm just going to pick the Packers just so that way if he does well, I can say that I called it. I I think the way I'm going to play it here so I can get on both sides of the ball is I'm going to take Green Bay to win, but Seattle to cover. I, I think that's how I'll play it. <laughs> That sounds great. Let's do it too. I'll 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 go with that. Join me. Sweet. Uh, why is this all jacked up? Who are they playing? Seattle. There we go. Green Bay, Seattle. All right. Only games left are the primetime games. I would hardly consider this a primetime game, but Kansas City taking on the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. The Raiders are two and a half point home underdogs. That's so crazy to say. But with the way Kansas City has been playing, it's been not good. But at that line pad, I think I'm, I hate to say it, but easily taking Kansas City to win and cover. And that's where I disagree with you, because what I don't trust is Patrick Mahomes. And I think that the Raiders have shown that they're very hit or miss. Um, Fortunately, (laughs) although they're past, I don't know. Because let's let's talk about the past few games, right? Uh-huh. So the Chiefs beat Aaron Rodgers less Green Bay Packers. The Giants, smoked by the Titans, beat Washington. Raiders lost to the Giants, beat the Eagles, beat the Broncos, lost to the Bears. 
they really haven't played in competition. They both, the last time they both played a competitive team, they both got smacked. I'm going to take the Raiders because I think they're going to rally around the fact that everybody on their team is either getting arrested or dying or <laughs> something. And it's time. It's time for Derek Carr to get a Super Bowl. So oh. I think Mahomes, I think he's going to continue the slide. They're barely going to make the playoffs, and then it's going to be this redemption story. I, where Patrick Holmes comes back and throws for 500 yards. It's going to be like when the Steelers won Super Bowl XL as the wild card, right? So, yeah. We've won most of our Super Bowls as the wild card. That is wild. Okay, so the one Super Bowl XL when everyone's like, they're trash, and then they won white jerseys, so then everyone bought a white jersey after that. <laughs> exactly, um, yes. I don't know. Yeah. I So, I I think the Raiders' defense might mess with Mahomes a little bit. I don't. Kansas City could win, but I'm just going to take the Raiders just for fun. Okay. I like it. I, I, I do like the Raiders defense. Um, I think they're very talented. But I threw up in my mouth a little bit when you said it's time for Derek Carr to get a Super Bowl. Yes, it's time. Uh, I never said it was going to happen. I said it's time. Okay. I don't know what's worse. Um, <laughs> the Raiders are they're likely to make playoffs here, and I think that'll be interesting. So the Raiders... Currently, there's two AFC West teams in the playoffs if the season ended today. Chargers and the Raiders. The Raiders, um, they both have the same exact uh, record, 5-3. and three. Um, Chargers currently at 72% chance of playoffs, and the Raiders are at 62%. Both of them better than the Chiefs, which is so wild because... You know, if we're talking about it, I think we still think the Chiefs make playoffs and they could still win the division, which is gross with the way they've been playing. So, Pat, the model is going to agree with you. It is going to take the Raiders to win and cover. That Fantastic. Is, that's that's absurd. But I guess we'll find out. Kansas City has not been playing very well. Uh, random thing. I was looking at uh, just some random NFL special bets on uh, on Bovada just because it's fun. So the uh, I was looking at the odds for the next coach to get fired or just leave. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised to see Andy Reid here at plus sixteen hundred, which is the one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth best odds to leave. I, you know, there, there's not anything. It's not anything crazy, but I, I don't know why he would leave at the moment. I don't think he would leave. I think he'd get fired if the Chiefs continue to lose. One season after going to the Super Bowl back to back. Yeah. All right, I think it's through. possible. I think people are savages, and I, I think that that's when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. That's what the problem with you know identifying the next prophet in the NFL, right? Mm. If he's the quarterback and things don't go well, it's the coach, regardless of it's ten years down the road or one year down the road. So, not shocked that he's up there. If I had to pick, though, it, I don't know. When, when are people going to stop giving Matt Rule the benefit of the doubt? Ooh. Yeah, it's what, his second year? Yeah, but I mean, you went and spent all this money on Sam Darnold. He looks pretty stupid right now. And like to me, 
I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to be the next one to go, but like, that's just the name that I'm thinking of. You know, everyone wants Matt Nagy to f- get fired. So I'm not talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Campbell is going to be the coach in Detroit for at least three years, and then he'll get one win, and then he'll get fired. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bill O'Brien still somehow in Houston? No. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Either way, whoever the coach for Houston is, he deserves to be fired. Um, <laughs> um Mike Tomlin plus five thousand. Yeah, that's not horrible. Maybe he'll quit when Ben quits. It's it's inner. It's weird. We talk about Mike Tomlin every year. You talk to anyone in Pittsburgh, like, oh fuck, Mike Tomlin. You know he's terrible. He's never had a losing losing season, but the, the way it, it it's conflicting. The the way that uh people from Pittsburgh think is very different from what, how Mike Tomlin thinks. We're very upset that he's a player's coach. You know, he let bell and Brown do whatever they want and it's not the Steeler way and all that, but the Steelers way is the Mike Tomlin way. You know, that that's weird to say for some people that are, you know, in the older generations, but that's a fact, you know, Mike coach has been, our coach, Pat, you, our generation's coach for most of our lives. You know, we had Bill Cower for a little bit, but um, really what we've known is, is Mike Tomlin. Yeah. I think Steelers fans will always be um, in terms of like being a fan base. They're always going to want to fire the coach just because we expect the best. So that's yeah. Exactly. I think he's fine. I, I don't think he's going to leave anytime soon. I think the only way he'll leave is if he has multiple losing seasons and he tells one of the Roonies to F off. That's the only way he's going to get kicked out. Roonies might like that. They they seem to really like him. One final matchup here, Pat. The Monday Night Football, Los Angeles Rams going to take on San Francisco 49ers. This is another line I am just shocked at. The Rams are only four point away favorites. And again, I'll say it right now, Rams to win and cover. San Francisco looked terrible. They lost to Arizona, who again, we I, I think is the best team in football at the moment. But but they just put up absolutely zero of a fight. They're always banged up. Kittle came back and well, let's see how Kittle did. Kittle Kittle got 20, 22% of the targets. It it didn't matter they just did not look like the football team everyone expects them to be and that's another thing maybe espn put this in our minds but after san francisco lost that super bowl it was implanted in all of our minds that oh they're such a good team kyle shanahan's really good he's one of the best coaches ever they haven't done anything and it's too easy to blame it on the injuries which always seem to happen there but I just do not think they're a good team. Yeah, I think they lack the running back depth. And in, now that we've seen it with Brandon Ayuk not really being productive, they lack receiver depth as well. George Kittle is coming back, so maybe it'll be a little bit better. But I think compared to the rest of that division, they're the, they're the worst team. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, we'd, uh, I'd have to go back and look at our first um, our first episode. But I think they were like, Number one or number two in terms of winning the division in odds. And I don't think either one of us bought it. You know, we we were about the Cardinals. We we really liked the Cardinals. And we were down on Seattle and um, San Francisco. And I 
I don't understand the hype around San Francisco, and it's been there for years now, and they've done nothing. The model is going to take the Rams, Rams to win, Rams to cover. And then, Pat, what, what are your thoughts? Are you, you with us? Yeah, I'll, I'll ride the model train. Why not? All right. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, check out the models picks, our picks on our action networks. You can tail us there, and if anything changes with our bets or the models, you'll know immediately because you'll be able to follow that on Action Network. You can also check out the website. That's another place we track our bets, sleepingwiththenumbers.com. Follow us on Twitter at SWTN underscore podcast. You can also check us out Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all at Sleeping With The Numbers. Again, as always, we, we got to remind you, get into some prop betting. It's fun. It's easy. It it makes the games worth watching. If you don't have fantasy players in the game or you're looking at a game and you're like, man, I, you know, this is the only game on, I, but I don't really care. Uh, do some prop bets. It's super easy on Monkey Knife Fight. Sign up with our link and you get your initial deposit matched instantly, 100% up to $100 so you can get prop betting quickly. Yeah, and the other company we want to talk about is BarkBox. BarkBox is a theme subscription box that you can order for your dog. You'll get treats and toys shipped to you monthly, and if you use our link, you'll get a month for free. So if you follow our Instagram, you'll see some pictures of Scout uh, opening up one of her more recent boxes. She got a Thanksgiving one, and it's fantastic. So I highly recommend checking that out.